The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to Intercepted, presented by Acme Packing Company. I'm Justice Mosqueda. I'm joined here by a very special guest, noted Los Angeles Rams fan, Mina Kimes. Say what's up to the people, Mina. Hi. I This game. Woo, buddy. Let's go. Can't you, wait. You volunteered yourself for this. Because I tweeted during, what was it, the, the Raiders-Rams game. Yeah. I think, what was that, Thursday night football uh, last week? I, I was like, this is a preseason game. game. As someone who worked in the XFL, I had seen a lot of preseason football that had the intensity of a preseason game. I didn't know. I had to look up like five different players throughout the course of the game being like, who the heck is that? And you volunteered yourself. You're like, I call the preseason games with the Rams. I know who these players are. People tweet things they don't tend to follow through on all the time. But But you do come on my podcast, the Mina Kime Show featuring Lenny, a fair amount. Um, So you are owed uh the balance is heavily tipped on in you being a guest on my show so i am thrilled to come on and talk about um austin trammell and keir thomas and uh all the various anonymous previous anonymous to most people rams that i am actually pretty familiar with actions have consequences mina (laughs) i think consequences i have no idea how to talk about this game even coming into this like Mm. orders on mcafee on tuesday they asked him about it and they're like what do you even do when the quarterback is Baker Mayfield off of one day of practice and you see him, you know, at the end of the game, just throw nine balls basically to take him down the field yeah. and win this ball game. And he's like, you just got to throw it out. They talked to Matt LaFleur today on Thursday, because again, this is going to be a Monday night football game. So like Thursday is like really their first practice of the week. We just got mm. their first injury report and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, the floor was saying like, you basically just scout the system. You don't know what the heck you're going to get, you know, in, in this game. So yeah. Usually what, what are you kind of expecting? Well, usually with the Rams, you and Sean McVay, you kind of assume they're going to go back to like some of their base concepts, a lot of play action, outside zone, Baker booting, or whatever. You know, um, I, with with an extra week of him being there, um, not too dissimilar, candidly, from what you saw with John Wolford, who was the Rams right. preseason, who is there was their backup quarterback before Baker Mayfield came to town. Um, the run game has looked a little bit better as of late. Again, you know, competition matters, but Cam Akers has been running certainly better than he was earlier in the season before he was like, had some weirdness with the team. Uh, and, um, but like, this is a very, very injured team. Like the, the Rams will be at a tremendous talent discrepancy on both sides of the ball, because there's no expectation that, you know, Aaron Donald is going to come back for this one. Um, Jalen Ramsey is now, uh, 
uh, has been struggling. I was going to make a joke, but I decided not to. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, like the Packers should win this one. Yay. I wish Jordan Love was playing in this game. That would actually make me want to watch just to get a look at him. Uh, and you know, you know, it's, it would be a good situation for him, but he's not. So. Sorry. I, a lot of Packers. Well, how do you feel about that? Because I mean, I don't know. It's crazy. When the last time the yeah. Packers have come up on NFL Live, but like the Packers fans are still holding on desperately to like that. It's around like six percent chance of making the playoffs. That's kind of been really for the past couple weeks. Yeah, I mean, we're we're watching the uh, San Francisco Seattle game tonight. Rooting for rooting for Bang Bang Niners gang. Um, because okay, that well, somehow impacts like the seventh seed if tiebreakers come down. So a lot of things have to happen. Watch the commanders and the giants after this week. Have them to, like, tying lose. sucked. Like them tying is like, guys. Yeah. Detroit has to lose. The commanders and the giants are the two, I think, right. That you really need them to like lose a lot of games. The giants um, are the one I think everyone's circling right now. Cause they we, haven't been playing well recently. They're super injured too. Yeah. Um, we, we did talk about it when love came in, when Rogers was hurt and looked pretty good. And then, you know, we talked about the Packers essentially being eliminated or near elimination and whether or not it was time to go to lo- judge or judge. Jordan Love. Um, I certainly talked about it on like first take, you know, right? And the debate shows. My my feeling about it was the in a in a perfect world, you would have the information you really need to make that decision, which is what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers next year. Because my feeling was like if you if you if you actually think Aaron Rodgers, if you want him to come back, if he wants to come back, then fine, play him, whatever. You know, like you're not it's not worth pissing him off. However, okay. if you actually, if a trade is plausible next year, there's zero reason to play Aaron Rodgers. You want to get Jordan Love the reps. He's your quarterback next season. That's a perfect world. That's not the world we live in. We live in a world where Aaron Rodgers doesn't like to make decisions for um, some time. And and uh, of course, now we're going on two very dramatic off seasons. So that, that was kind of where I came down on it. It's like, it really depends on what your plan is next year. But of course, nobody actually knows what's going to happen next year. What do you think is going to happen next year? I mean, it all depends on if Rodgers wants to hit the big red button, right? I, I think at this point, you look at this iteration of the team and, yeah, you know, um, at wide receiver, Christian Watson, you know, breaking out certainly helps yeah. a lot. There, There's that graph floating around from, I think it was True Media using uh, PFF stats that was like, showed like the EPA based off of um, all the different coverage types that, you know, each quarterback was seeing in the mm-hmm. season. And Aaron Rodgers was like one of the worst against man coverage. And that was pretty obviously like, they the didn't receiver, have anyone who yeah. could beat man until Christian Watson broke out against, you know, yeah. the Dallas Cowboys. Um, so I, I kind of see both sides of the coin where like, Pretty much like whatever Aaron wants to do, just let him do it. Like we're at that point with him. I mean, not to just like hand him the plans for the franchise. You have to protect Mm -hmm. yourself and kind of be in a position to plan for both situations. But like if he wants to come back, you let him come back. If he wants to get traded, I think this is the closest situation that we've ever seen where it's like you should probably kind of do it. Like at at this point, the the one thing that's weird is a lot of money. And then, well, yeah. as, you can maybe, I'm sure you've spent more time with his insane contract than I have. But um, when I last looked at it, my understanding of it was pre-June 1st, you would take a $40 million hit. Is that correct? Yeah. Post-June 1st, you can spread it out a little bit, but you'd have to find a team that's willing to play ball yeah. and, and wait and do that. And so well, Aaron's not showing up to OTAs anyway, so. 
right? So <laughs> that, that might fix itself. The the one thing that's interesting is during the bye week, you know, it's the first time we heard from uh Goot, the general manager, since the summer, basically. I think since mm. um final cut. Mm. And he said essentially like they had already made a decision on picking up Jordan Love's fifth year option, which you know doesn't impact next year's cap hit, but will impact 2024. And he basically said like you do whatever you need to do to have like two quarterbacks in there and competing and protecting yourself in the future. And LaFleur kind of echoed that statement too, which I thought was surprising. I thought we were going to go into the off season doing the whole, like, are they going to pick it up? Are they not going to pick it up? I mean, yeah. a quarterback's fifth year option isn't insignificant. So I don't know if they look at him as a, a potential oh my God. trade piece or, or what if you pick there. it up, you would be spending more money at the quarterback position. I'm, I assume than any team in the league by a pretty hefty yeah. margin, the combination of him and Rogers contracts. Yeah. I mean, you know, just goes back to the original sin of the draft pick. It just was terrible. I mean, it, I mean, yeah, it, it, it could have been it, Justin Jefferson. We could have traded you, up for Justin Jefferson. You just like created so many difficult decisions and none of it is optimal. I mean, you had a backup, you know, nice rookie contract and it's gone. And now it's, you don't really know how good he is. I mean, that would be the benefit of playing him now is you'd actually have a good sense of that. And I don't, I, I don't think I, I, I just don't think anyone knows, you know? Um, yeah. And I also think he, he doesn't have a ton of trade value because of how little he's played too. So what, what do you feel about, you know, people always say like with, with players on the bench, right? Like they say mm-hmm. like, well, they've seen them in practice and all that stuff. They have more data points than we yeah. do as outsiders watching film and stuff. But like, I think the Packers had like two fully contact or two like contact practices the entire season. Yeah. Right. So like how much are you, how much can we re- actually like evaluate these guys when we're not seeing them on the field? That's the thing with him. And the other one to me is Devonte Wyatt, who we had talked about in the preseason. You were asking barely, me barely plays. Know, yeah. Who, what the starting lineup looks like. You assumed that he was going to start. And I was yeah. like, he's on the bench right now. I think, um, I wrote an article this past week and like went over uh, all of all of the guys that had played fewer snaps than like what Devontae Wyatt is on pace to play mm. in the rookie year as defensive lineman. It is LJ Collier uh, from oh, the Seattle. Please Seahawks. don't bring that up. Oh. Dayton Jones, who Packers fans are going to be super happy about um, Robert Kimdiche, who like yeah. had all the talent in the world, but like obviously had his own problems, had injuries his rookie year. And then Taven Bryant, like, that's it in the last 34 first round defensive lineman draft picks. And those trends don't break well. You look at on a per snap basis, you can add uh, Vernon Butler, who is another, probably you can characterize him as a bust. And then Dominic Easley, who had some flashes, but like could never stay healthy. It's not looking good. And the way this like Packers defensive line is set up, they're going to need a draft like one or two more next year. All they have is nose tackles and Devontae Wyatt and Wyatt can't get on the field. So that's, that's where I get to the point where I'm like, well, how much does practice even really matter? Like I saw them, the, the, like they show the videos on like Thursday, like they're out there jogging in, in shorts and stuff. Like, I don't know. Are we really evaluating those guys in practice? I mean, you always hear that they are and that they do have a good sense, especially when it comes back. Or we would come to the quarterback position to sense of their capabilities. But then, like, I don't know. I just watched Brock Purdy, like, shred. How did he look in practice? Like, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I, or I, I, did Mike White look worse in practice than Zach Will? You know, I mean, it's just right. kind of, I don't know. I think practice is weird too because, um, 
the the opportunities are spread so differently amongst quarterbacks. So you, it's like how much of a, uh, like a, of a litmus test is it really like how much of a sense do you have about what these guys actually will look like in game action? I don't know. Um, it's tough. It's, I mean, with the Packers too, though, like it's again, to go back to like the Aaron Rodgers discussion, like on one hand, I'm like, well, you know, he's, the offense looks better now that Christian Watson is there and the offensive line's a little bit healthier, but like this defense sucks. I was it's not bad. wrong as anything as I was about the Packers defense and it's you're preaching to the choir. So it's crazy <laughs> though. Cause like, yeah, like the scheme sucks and like Joe Barry, I'm sure he'll move on oh, this off season or whatever, but like they don't play well. <laughs> it is an ex the execution is lacking as well. Like some of the struggles in run game have to do with the way they play, but some of it has to do also with guys just taking horrible angles and missing tackles. Like, I don't get it. Yeah. They're supposed to be, they, 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 they're all players who have been like good. They were either good in college or looked good at various points. And they're like, it, I don't know why every year, like this year in particular, like it just added up to such a big fat. Ugh. Yeah. The defensive line hasn't made a play in two months. I think the inside backers like Defondre doesn't look like the guy that yeah. you just paid. For, Probably I mean, should have seen that coming, right? Yeah, the one-year wonder and all that stuff. But he was a first-team All-Pro, and that was the money that yeah. was freed up when you, you know, people don't do the math on that when you know the Devonte Adams trade gets made, right? That like, oh, you can sign a guy like Devondre Campbell or Russell Douglas, and Douglas has done a solid job. But like, I think yeah. Campbell's regressed pretty well. Um, Adrian Amos is not doing a good job Savage, anymore. I, yeah. I think he's out. Darnell Savage got benched for Rudy Ford. Yeah. He's brought in to be like a, a gunner on special teams. Who knows what's going to happen with that? Savage played one snap in that Eagles game as a dime, uh, a dime yeah. back and I then ended up messing like up his foot. So he just got back to practice today. He's probably going to end up playing this week, but who knows what his playing time even looks like. Obviously um, lost Gary that hurts in both pass 100%. and the run, but like, it's just brutal. So then when I look to next year and I'm like, okay, let's say Aaron Rodgers comes back. Like there's so many things to address on this defense, which is not a position I thought they would be in. Fortunately, don't think it'll be a problem against the Rams. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I, I did like a breakdown of kind of like who's already under contract for 2023 and stuff like that. And surprisingly the Packers, because Goot is just, the the back end of the roster is just like his draft picks that he refuses mm. to cut and stuff like that. <laughs> they have so many guys under contract moving forward. They have, mm. I think it's five rookie offensive linemen. They have something like 10 offensive linemen um, who are going to come back next year. Um, really the positions that they need to hit, everyone's going to want to give them a wide receiver. And I understand that, but like yeah. you look at it, they, they might need two starting defensive linemen. They might need two starting safeties. They're probably going to need a tight end at some point. Like they have one under contract, it's Deguara, and he's not even like a true tight end. He's almost like Tunyon's a free agent. Yeah, Tunyon's a free agent. He signed a one-year deal. Um, Mercedes Lewis is a free agent. Um, Tyler Davis, who's their special teams guy, is an RFA, which means at minimum to to hit him with the tag, you have to pay him like two point five million dollars, which is just way too much for a guy like that. So they're mm. going to be have to make some well, tough decisions and they're going to have to hit on some, like they're going to need to sign a drawn Reed guy who actually plays better than drawn Reed, you know, next season. I'd also say this about the Rams who are obviously in hell, a hell of their own making when it comes to the future. 
Um, you are seeing some of these young players actually, I think, flash uh, over the last because it's like, you know, like you said, it is a preseason game. But they're also like young guys who, you know, young cornerbacks, Michael Hoyt on the defensive line, I think, has played well, um, who are uh, getting opportunities they wouldn't have otherwise. And you actually see making plays out there like Taylor Rapp's been better over the last few weeks than he was for a pretty long time for them. Um, you know, the. I'm like, who else has been playing well? No, uh, Tutu Atwell. <laughs> Tutu Atwell. People thought he was a bust. And Tutu, actually, Tutu was out there. Signs of life. Stuff. Yeah. That's good to see. Point yeah. was one of the guys I had to Google mid-game. Brown. I will, I will admit that. He's Brown, disruptive. Ivy League. Yeah. Big, big, big weight room guy. Uh, the, wait, the game's in Green Bay, right? It is, yeah. Okay, so well, you have one thing going for you, which is a strong gust of wind might blow Tutu Atwell out of the stadium. So <laughs> that could happen. But, nah, I mean, dude, that catch that Skoranek made? Like over yeah. the, you know, the defensive back, like that. There's just, there, there's the, the big, you know, this is, the, this is very, very bad offensive line though. So like, as far as it can, as it pertains to this game, you pass rush, obviously without Gary has, you know, not been what it was, but you should be able to cause problems for Baker Mayfield to, you know, Abby thing about Baker is like, you saw this on display. He can make all the throws. The problem is the consistency of it and right. his play under pressure. So you should be able to disrupt him a bit more and not just, you know, allow them to run forwards over and over. The the two big injuries on the Ram side, um, you know, you said the offensive line's banged up. Brian Allen, the center, was a DMP today, first day of practice that they had to report an injury report. So talking backup setter, backup quarterback, unknown wide receivers for the most part. And then the other one, the big one, Aaron Donald, ankle injury. He's missed back-to-back practices. LaFleur actually said coming into this game, they're planning, they're preparing as if Aaron Donald is going to be playing, which is like what he said about yeah. Justin Fields. But I don't, he Why would Aaron Donald today. play in this game? What is he? What would be the reason? LaFleur's, LaFleur's whole point was it's a primetime game, which with all due respect to ESPN and Monday Night Football, I, I don't know if the Rams are really – Fighting that hard. Aaron Donald's uh, like, I got to play to secure my legacy. Come on. (laughs) Maybe he'll play. I don't know. They seem to be like just, you know, writing this off though. Like, yeah, everyone there, like the way they're talking about this season is just, which is of course a bummer because they don't even have their own draft pick. But um, yeah, it's, it's firmly, firmly backups. I thought I mentioned at the beginning, Austin Trammell. I didn't think he was going to make the team. I was like, you know, he's like, I mean, I, I think Atwell stretching the field is like the thing you have to worry for about because Baker, you know, he does have a decent arm. Um, and then I would say like your run defense is so God awful that even the Rams struggling rushing. I mean, you know, they do stuff horizontally that I think will stress you too, obviously with Skoranek too. Um, and, and Atwell and like jet sweeps and whatnot that could cause some problems because your run defense is just ugh. bad. This might be the get right game for Cam makers. And that'll be even extra pain. I had, that I bet Seattle. like every prop for uh, Daryl Henderson in the Super Bowl because I was like, Cam Makers doesn't look right. There's no way they're going to keep, yeah. And they just kept doing it, and it, it broke my heart. They stuck with it. They stuck with Akers. Yeah, he kind of like pushed his way back, you know, under the team. Yeah, um, one, yeah, it's it's ugly. One of the weird things the Rams just did. So this happened. Um, you know, this got announced. Uh, when when the waiver when the waiver moves were decided, they waived Terrell Lewis, their outside linebacker, yeah. who had played 
332 snaps of defense for them this season was a 2023rd round pick. Do we have any indication of like why that happened? Yeah, was it just like he, Michael Hoyt's breaking out. He, I know he's been banged up. Like Lewis has been banged yeah, up. Yeah, Lewis was like a really you know highly touted prospect coming out of high school, and then he was hurt in college, fell in the draft, and then he was hurt his first two seasons in the NFL. He actually dunked on me on Twitter once because I posted a video of him making a good play, and I was like, "Oh, this is a good play from Lewis." Who was like hurt last year like you know was in and out line with any rope was like i wasn't hurt last year and then i looked up and he actually he did miss like you know but whatever um i was like sorry you know great play but um yeah i think that i you know the pass rush god um with von miller leaving like leonard floyd has not lived up to his contract and then opposite him basically all the non aaron donalds have just not produced for them um, especially that, you know, the outside linebackers, I think some of the, some of the guys up front, like Greg Gaines is actually like a, a good player, mm-hmm. their nose tackle. He's actually pretty disruptive. So that's something to watch out for, but yeah, on the edge, it's really, really lacking. And, um, so yeah, I mean, the moving on from him, I mean, you, you saw last week, <laughs> I joked about it, but Keir Thomas was like a guy who I was, who was kind of on the fringes of the roster and played a lot in the preseason. I think he was, um, if I remember correctly, he was like a small school guy who had like a zillion sacks, at like a FCS school. Um, uh, so he was kind of like a flyer for them. I might be misremembering that, but I think it's true. Um, no, that's a different guy. Sorry. That's Daniel Hardy. <laughs> Kier Thomas uh, was like a high school wrestler or something. I think he was Holy Cross. Anyways, <laughs> I lied about my Rams preseason knowledge, clearly. Well, one guy I do want to talk about in the context of pressure, Bobby Wagner, yeah. tied for the team league in, in, in sacks. It's only five. They've played 13 games. He's been good. Number, but he's been, he's he's been, been better good. than I expected. I thought yes. he had a really rough end in Seattle. It seems like. They're kind of playing him in like a will linebacker role instead of a Mike linebacker role now. And it's kind of freed him up and allowed him to make a couple more plays than he was able to make at the end in Seattle and stuff. But he's back to being at least somewhat of a factor in some of these games. Super disruptive. And like that was something you kind of saw at the end. You remember in the Rams Super Bowl run when they started using Ernest Jones as an add-on blitzer, who's their other off-ball linebacker. Um, I know that coming into the season, they were really looking at those two and thinking interchangeably, we can use them as, uh, to add pressures. And, um, yeah, he's been, I think, better than anyone expected based on that last year in Seattle. Ironically, if Seattle I, mean, I laughed at him, that contract. I laughed at that. It's contract. A, it's a little bit of a, it's, it was know, funny. Yeah, it was funny bit. money, but yeah, you but, see but, the numbers and it's like, he it, wasn't worth that. If he was still on Seattle playing the way he is, they'd probably be in the freaking playoffs because they could stop like a single screen. So like that's a loss. But yeah, he's been he's been probably their best. I mean, I said Aaron Donald, like one of their best defensive players. Um, and it's yeah. So so I think in the, again, in your game in particular, obviously on the ground, he's going to play a pretty big role and then stopping some of those screens. He's 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 still good. Yeah. He's still doing it. Um, the other big injury, this is on the Packers side. Bakhtiari had the emergency appendectomy on the Friday before the Bears game, and he's still not practicing. Um, appendectomies, I had to like learn about appendectomies. I didn't really know what it what it meant. I didn't know how small um the organ is. I'm spacing your out appendix. Your appendix? 
It's like the size of like, like a, a finger. Beak, like a, like yeah. A, yeah, yeah. It's a little teeny tiny thing. I assumed it was like as big as a kidney or something like that. Um, we we had seen like so like Mika Fitzpatrick came back from an appendectomy after a week and played a football game. Who knows what it's going to be with Bakhtiari? Lafleur called it a long shot. I'm assuming that he's not going to play in this game. So Zach Tom is going to end up getting the the nod at left tackle. He's been doing solid this entire season. Can you make predictions on this game? Are you allowed to? Yeah. Okay. I'm not. I mean, look. I think the Packers win. I I think what I don't. I I mean the that look. I was really happy for Baker. I thought that um that was a really fun NFL moment. Like it was just fun, you know. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to happen again. Like he was not good in Carolina and um, the Raiders defense is also not good. Not that the Packers defense is yeah. such great shakes, but uh, yeah, I think that they're just too outmanned on both sides of the ball. So I think Green Bay wins this one and stays in the playoff hunt. In the hunt. What was it? Uh, it might've been ESPN called it loitering. They replaced <laughs> in the hunt with loitering. That's um, good. I thought that was probably the best term. That was better than, sniffing around or whatever else uh people put uh, up there sniffing around on the bubble is what we used to say on yeah the on the bubble. i don't know it's too many too many words loitering i think gets straight to the point That's loitering how it feels accurately describes yeah what the packers are doing for sure all right we're gonna get you out of here one last thing how do we fix the packers next year <laughs> one off season we we talked about this a little bit right so yeah let's assume Let's assume Aaron comes back. He comes back from his ayahuasca trip in uh, Peru, and he says, I want to keep playing football. Yeah, I like playing with Christian Watson. Romeo Dobbs is you know, going to be back on the field mm-hmm. this week, first time since uh, first play of the offensive series in, uh, in week nine. Mm-hmm. Let's say he wants to come back. What the heck do you do? First, you got to hire a new defensive coach, hoping that that can turn around some of these issues on defense. There's enough talent on that side of the ball where you think it can't be this bad. They have the second highest paid defense in the entire sport in terms of cash flow. And like everyone who's playing is a first round pick. They should not be this bad. So that would be the first thing that I would do. And then, you know, be very targeted in my signings and on that side of the ball to try to shore up some of the issues. Um, and we kind of discussed some of them. And then offensively, it's like, I actually think if, if, if Watson progresses the way he has, I think just adding another, maybe like veteran, well, my God, you guys seem to be like really bad at identifying veteran wide receivers. Um, Sammy Watkins did do it for you. Yeah. God. I'm trying to think of, I haven't looked at the free agents next year, but it, it does feel like, um, I know you're saying that people will want them to draft a wide receiver and I don't know, maybe depending I don't on think the they're draft. Gonna. Yeah. I, I don't really think don't think they're going to, especially yeah. the top wide receivers in this class. Like we saw Butte, the LSU kid, he's going back. Jordan Addison is 170 pounds, like listed 177. Yeah. The Packers aren't going to take him. So it's like Quinn Johnston, the kid from TCU, that's really it? Like, are you going to take A.T. Perry from Wake Forest? And- how would you feel if the Packers, you know, you're drafting later, obviously. How would you feel? Well, I, actually, not that much later. Are you- They're 14 I mean- now. They were 11 okay. going into. Uh, how would you feel if they added, like, a Mike Mayer? Listen, so I brought this up. I, I wrote up, like, kind of who who their potential targets are, like, just based off of, like, process of elimination, right? Like, they're not going to take a quarterback 
They're not going to take a corner. Those are two of the positions that are going to go high in the draft. Who knows which of these defensive linemen are going to be there. Um, you know, Anderson from Alabama and then um, spacing on his name, the D tackle from Georgia, they're not going to be there. Right. Order, so yeah. you end up with like a future Seahawk. Future Seahawk. We'll see if you guys take Stroud. I don't think you guys, I, I think you're going to pay Gino. Do you want to pay Gino? Uh, you know, I, I've been cowardly. Yes, I lean towards it, but I do want to spend more time watching the quarterbacks before I like come with a firm. I mean, they're going to have their pick of anything pretty much, right? Because of that yeah. pick, the Broncos pick. So I would lean towards Gino and Carter right now, but I do want to actually take some, spend some time with the quarterbacks first. So I, I, I watched the prospects and I created like a list of like five-ish guys who like are in that range in terms of like the consensus board and stuff like that. But then I added on Michael Mayer at the end. People do not like the idea of adding a tight end. But if you're going to add a tight end, it looks like what Michael Mayer does. He could play I just with think his he's hand so good in, the in your offense. Yeah, he's I feel already like... the leading wide receiver at Notre Dame, and he's been yeah. that guy since he was a freshman there. Like he's super complete. He has like three thousand yards, and he's a he's a inline wide. Like yeah. he can play tomorrow in the NFL. If you're going to draft a tight end early, it looks like that because there's no. You don't have to wait three years for that guy to progress in the same way that other tight ends have to. And I think with like Watson, you you don't need speed on your offense anymore. Right. And um, like you just really need like a reliable pass catcher in like that 10 to 19 range in yeah. the parts of the field that Aaron Rodgers likes to work. It just makes a lot of sense to me. There we go. Change the defensive coordinator. Jim Leonard. We're on full-blown Jim Leonard watch. Okay. Hopefully he doesn't take the Illinois job. Um, and then draft Michael Mayer. That's it. That's how we saw the 2023. Hope, hope Aaron Rodgers comes back. I think he's coming back. I really do. But yeah. I mean, who knows? Who knows? At least just, the pack, Packers are protecting themselves a little bit in that aspect. I just hope he makes his decision early so I don't have to deal with it. Yeah. Well, that's what Packers fans are getting tired of that too. And they're like, wow, we're going to go into another season of uh, off season of Aaron Rodgers watch. And it's like, that's what we signed up for with that contract. Like he has the big red button. He can stop whenever he wants to. And the team has to work everything around him. Like that's what he fought for. That is the consequence of drafting Jordan Love well, and having that fifth year option. When, now you started this, right? The Packers front office, but the best yeah. is when he's like, I'm going to make my decision by this date. And it's like, just say it. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know. He has a lot of soul searching to do. All right. Um, Thank you for the time, Mina. Good luck.